Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. London derbies are always tasty, but this one, oh, this one has major implications as Antonio Conte's Tottenham, currently fifth, hosts Mikel Arteta's Arsenal, who sit in fourth. A big game with plenty of history, and this season with Champions League qualification on the line. We have our own James Bench and guest once again, Oliver Hall, chief sports writer at the Mail on Sunday, returning to the show. Kigo Lasso, North London derby preview begins right now. Derby, the second time ever that we'll see a North London Derby on a Thursday, James Bench. How about that? When was the first? 1972, James Bench. In my defense, I wasn't alive. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But isn't that something? How are you, James Bench? Um, I am, I'm great. Um, we were talking before I came on air. I'm still like, we're now three, four days out from it, but I'm still buzzing from my little trip to Ibrox. Um, one of the best atmospheres I've ever experienced in a football ground. And although I don't, it will take quite something for the North London Derby to match that. I'm very excited to see these two in front of fans at that ground, which, you know, Ollie will be able to tell you as well does make quite a lot of noise when it gets going. So uh, I'm looking forward to another great atmosphere. Yeah, quite the journey, man, you've been, James Bench. Absolutely <laughs> fantastic stuff. I love it. I love it. Oliver Holt, Ollie Holt returns to the show. Ollie, how are you, my friend? I'm good, mate, actually. I'm good. It's a pleasure to be uh, a pleasure to be back. And I, I am jealous of James actually being up at Ibrox. It's, I, I did watch the game on the telly and it, sa- it sounded amazing. Um, and... You know, it, uh, equally, actually, the Real Madrid's Man City game sounded amazing. I was at the first leg in Manchester, but the away leg sounded different class. I've got so my, I've got my own sort of little riff on the on the North London derby. I'm, I'm, one of my best pals is a is an Arsenal fan, so even though I'm not working at the game, but I am for once. I'm uh, he, he's got me a ticket in the Arsenal end, so. I'm sort of vaguely anticipating a a, a sprint down the uh, Tottenham High Road afterwards, yeah. away from vengeful <laughs> Spurs fans. But um, I, I'm really looking forward to that actually, because as James said, it, it, it is a fantastic stadium, the Spurs Stadium. And um, I, my own opinion, it's the best of the new breed of stadiums. It's it's a magnificent stadium, and um, the game the game could really not be better set up. I think and both teams are in both teams are in reasonable form. You know, I saw I was up at Anfield um, at the weekend, and I, I thought Spurs were terrific. Actually, Arsenal are playing well. It's it's all set up. Yeah, Ollie, I have I have one question. If you're going as a fan, which obviously I think you know, I'm sure you can attest to this, having done this job far longer and far more successfully than I. Um, you don't always get to go. You kind of get to experience it in a very different way when you're in the ground as a fan. So I think the big question is. How excited are you for one of those pints that pours from the bottom up? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know about those things. I, I no. actually, I no, I don't. I I spent. I, I'm, I've been slightly spoiled because I went to Stockport. Stockport, who are my team, had a big game at Wrexham 
uh, on Sunday. So I went to that with my eldest daughter and there was a lot of um, what we would nowadays call banter between the, uh, you know, there was sort of uh, blow up sheep and um, all that <laughs> kind of thing in the Stockport end and lots of rather tasty chants. So I think that was just my, um, that was my build up to the, uh, to the to Spurs Arsenal, but I, the other thing about that I'm looking forward to about Spurs Arsenal, which I know is slightly niche and nerdy, is it's um, it's safe standing in the uh, in the Arsenal section. I've never been in the Ooh. safe standing before, so I'm quite interested to see how that what that's like. Yeah, and I think what, one thing to say about the Arsenal support in general um, and on the road is that it's kind of it's changing its reputation a little bit. I think we all kind of view Arsenal as quite a quiet club. I don't think the Emirates Stadium is, it's not as bad as people like kind of think if you watch it. I don't think it comes across well on TV, but it's no. also not, you know, you are not going to confuse it with Ibrox or with the Bernabeu when Real Madrid are, are turning a game around. But, you know, in recent weeks, there's a, a young group of fans called the Ashburton Army who've taken it on themselves to really start building an atmosphere. We saw TIFOs at the Man United game devoted to Smith Rowe and Saka. On, when they travel away, these Arsenal fans make a lot of noise now. I'm, I am sure they will be, well, it depends what the score is, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're, they're drowned out by Tottenham fans on what's sure to be a, a boisterous night in North London. But um, yeah, I mean, we're, I'm sure about to come on to talk about the football, but the atmosphere here is going to be great. Um, although, as Ollie says, if Arsenal get anything from this, it is bolt, you know, get, get as far away as you can as quickly as you yeah. can. Get back to Finsbury Park. Well, just get that machine with the pints and just throw them at them just so they don't come at you and stuff. That's right. It's going to be a difficult thing for you to judge it based on the fact that you just came back from Ibrox as well. But it should be a cracking game. The North London Derby is always, at least from a historical perspective, comes with so much. Uh, but as we mentioned in the intro, as Ollie and James Bench discussed as well, this is big, everybody. It's big. Four points differential. Obviously, you know, we can look at this from many different angles, specifically highlighting the fact that they need this, both teams, because they want to secure that Champions League spot. European qualification is big. Chelsea is walking on thin ice, by the way. It's not like they're secure at all. Okay, they're only one point above Arsenal as well, and they uh, have to play as well. Leeds United, who is absolutely dying for anything at this point. But Arsenal against Tottenham is the story. Let me... Just begin with this. Uh, Ollie, I'll go with you. James Bench, you jump in. But Tottenham needs this result more for obvious reasons, right? To keep up with what's going on with Arsenal. Obviously, Arsenal fans will say, no, we want to keep going, of course. But who needs, and this might be an annoying question, but I still want to ask it, who needs Champions League more, Ollie Hall? Yeah, that is a good question. And I think the obvious answer is that is that both both teams are desperate for it. Both teams are desperate to try and kick on. They've had... Uh, lulls really by their own standards recently, so both are desperate for it. If if I if I have to answer your question and come down on one side, I'd say maybe Spurs need it a little bit more. And I'm just kind of thinking about the, you know, their ten years, I suppose, or more down the line behind Arsenal in terms of the massive outlay they've had on their stadium. And I did feel for Spurs a bit in that they had that massive outlay on what is a magnificent new stadium. Then the pandemic hit. Suddenly, they're abs- You know, they're they're devoid of of income, uh, gate income certainly. And you know, I think they were hit incredibly hard by that. So I think that they probably need the income that the Champions League would bring 
a little more than Arsenal, who are further down the line, have probably got over the hump of their of their move to a new stadium. So maybe they need it a bit more. Um, but both teams desperately need it in terms of the evolution of their of their teams. I would also say maybe Spurs Spurs need it in terms of the Conte thing. I think they'll be desperate to keep hold of Conte. They should be desperate to keep hold of him. They've got if they're in the Champions League. Common sense suggests there might be more chance of him staying. Yeah, I would, I would agree with Ollie in that I think things become more stressful for Tottenham if they don't make top four. Obviously, as we talk, we're just waiting for final news on on Erling Haaland, and that will have a a knock on on, on Harry Kane's future. And it it looks like he's stuck there at least for this summer. I'll be intrigued to see what Man United do one day, but you know his his options have dwindled. But I think if they don't reach the Champions League. As, as Ollie said, Conte's future will, will come under enormous question. So will Kane's to an extent. Wouldn't shock me if, you know, they find themselves fending off offers for, from Suck for Son. Um, you know, there are plenty of teams that would improve w- with him. I think that the, the, the other way to look at this is maybe in terms of for which team would this offer more of a boost? I think it's Arsenal because I don't necessarily think all the issues go away for Spurs. I don't think Conte is definitely going to stay. If they get top four, you know, if a PSG comes along. I, I, and I think we know that Conte's short-term at Spurs. Whereas for Arsenal, I think, you know, Mikel Arteta and Edu have kind of said this and indicated this. It just maybe allows them to to shop in a, in a nicer supermarket. It's like jumping from Sainsbury's to Waitrose or whatever the American equivalent of that is. No, I they'll get it. Don't worry, name. they'll get it. <laughs> um, you know, it's, you know they, they want to buy that new talismanic striker it's going to be a lot easier if you can offer them champions league football i mean the project won't change too much and they've shown that by offering and agreeing a new contract with Mikel arteta the trajectory will be the same but it's more like you know a little drop of nitro in the engine getting champions league this season for a, yeah, for a maybe young squad I'm, maybe I'm, I'm just sort of getting to the spirit of the fact that i'm going to be uh, standing in the arsenal uh section on on thursday but i i, I do feel that i do feel that arsenal more than spurs I'm echoing really what James said there. I do feel that Arsenal more than Spurs are on a are on a more positive trajectory. They feel like they're building something. They feel like they're moving in the right direction, and they and it feels as though Champions League or not, they will keep moving in that direction. Totally agree with James. They perhaps move faster in that direction if they get into the Champions League because of the players that they might be able to sign. But Spurs feel as if they're balanced a little bit. On a, on a knife edge and, and, and things could go things could go either way for them whereas I feel that th- there does feel to be a, like a good vibe around around Arsenal more yeah, generally and, it, and it's the painting that Mikel Arteta began with when he embarked on this he asked for patience and patience has been given and you can see that trajectory not just in uh, points accumulation but also philosophy of course having said that when you look at this table both teams have lost equally the same amount Okay, Uh, the differential in terms of victories are not that dissimilar. It's just that one of them is kind of, you know, Daniel Levy is kind of throwing at things, hoping that it sticks. And obviously, desperately, when they got Antonio Conte, that was a massive victory for win. But Arsenal, step by step, as you mentioned, both of you, they're developing something and you can see it. So there's arguments for both. Let's begin, everybody, with Tottenham. Okay, let's go with you first, Oli Holt. Let's talk about Tottenham. You mentioned that win against Liverpool. Some called it. Jurgen Klopp was frustrated, thought that uh, Antonio Conte's side sat too much or whatever. I mean, my argument to that is like, what else are you going to do against Liverpool? you got to hope and, and rely on the strengths that you have, which is Harry Kane moving aside from just centre side as, as well as Hume Min Son, etc. But what do you make of uh, 
that win against Liverpool, right? And how that propels him to this game on Thursday. It felt like a win, but it was... I'm uh, sorry, that draw, that's right. <laughs> no, it's easily done. It, 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 it really it, felt like a victory. I'm going to ask Des Norris to edit, but you know what? Don't worry about it because it really did feel like a victory, well, but it was it, a one-all result. Like that's right. I, was, I was thinking that when you said, I mean, it did feel like a win and... and I think equally, this is not the subject of our discussion, but it felt like a defeat for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, that's um, that was that was how that felt. I mean, I, I thought I've, I think Spurs have been at their best this season, and perhaps generally for a while when they play. Bizarrely, when they play against teams like Liverpool and Man City, I saw them play uh, at the Etihad a couple of months ago uh, when they beat um, Man City, and they were. They were brilliant that day, and they were. I, I I really enjoyed watching. I mean, a lot of people have said that they were too defensive against Liverpool. I don't agree with that. I thought, as you said, they played to their strengths. And Kane and Son are just—they are so good going forward on the counter. I mean, they're just—they've got such an intuitive understanding. I think Kulusevski's really added something. I mean, Lucas Moore is a good player, but you know that they just look so good on the counter and City really, City struggled with them. And the goal was just, you know, the goal was the best of them. I think Kane's, Kane is such a lovely technical player, you know, the way he brought that long ball down. And, you know, I, I, I thought they were great. My, I'm getting kind of above my pay grade here. And in, uh, James will be much more able to uh, shed light on this. I think my, my slight concern for them against Arsenal is that, is that given that they need the result more, they're going to have to come... There's an element where they're going to have to come at Arsenal. I'm not sure if they're quite as comfortable in that situation as they are where, like, Man City and um, Liverpool, teams like that, are press uh, are chasing them, are pressing them back, and then they can break at speed. It won't be that kind of game against Arsenal. And, and so, you know, I think that will, that will be a different... It will be a different challenge for them. Yeah, I completely agree with Ollie. I think if you look at the the speed of the goals that they score, you know, that's that's how they're at their most effective. And I think we've seen in some of the results prior to the Liverpool game, if you just sort of stodge things up and and make them them break you down. It it's it's funny because I think they're equally there was a spell I want to say it was kind of going into that City game where they did look like they could do a bit of that by playing classically Antonio Conte uh, or at least the, the Conte we've seen in the Premier League. Um and a bit maybe in Serie A, but you know, I don't watch quite as much. Um, where it's the, the pitch is made incredibly wide by the wing backs. And by the way, Sessignon, fantastic, I thought. Yeah. Um, at Anfield, that is you know, that there it was, a, it was a conversation that Gary Neville sort of has been saying as well. He couldn't imagine Conte managing Manchester United because he's so defensive. I don't find the football defensive in general. I think you know, he looked at his players against. Liverpool and he looked at Liverpool's players and kind of said did what any manager in the world would do and said you know we'll we'll play with a real back five here um but you know when they cut loose if you give them the opportunity to run at you in space as as Liverpool kind of did they can be really devastating and let's be honest we all enjoy watching that kind of football unless it's being done to our team but yeah Ollie's right you know if Arsenal are smart about this and I, I suspect they will be They'll kind of gum up the flanks, keep lots of people back, challenge Spurs to to break them down. That's not the way that Arsenal love playing, but 
you know, <laughs> the context of, of this game in particular is so clearly set as Spurs need a win. Arsenal just need to stop them from winning. That's all they have to do. That's a tough place to be if you're the team that doesn't need three points. It kind of, we've, we've seen so many times in so many competitions that being able to settle for one point does kind of quite often inhibit that team. But it certainly, I don't think it will make it easier for Spurs that they have to go on the offensive. Yeah, I just want to make a quick statement here. And Desnar, so if you want, you know, I'm giving, I'm doing you a favor here. Like, if you want to make this a social clip and make it its own video, I just want to set something straight. I think there is a difference between a defensive team and a reactive team. A team that reacts to what's in front of them as opposed to somebody that just sets to just be defensive. I think sometimes we get confused with that. Antonio Conte, to me, is a reactive manager. He understands the opponent, he understands what they bring, and he brings his best weaponry forward, which is the counter-attacking prowess of Harry Kane, Human Son, you mentioned Kulusevsky, of course, all these players that, like, as soon as they lose the ball, boom, you go. My issue with Tottenham is that in that Man City win, when they beat Man City 3-2, it was sandwiched between losing to Wolves and Burnley. So I want to see what kind of reaction they're going to get against an Arsenal side who are not perhaps as aggressive as uh, heavy metal as Liverpool, but they're very good on the ball. And I think that frustrates Antonio Conte a lot. So moving to that point, let's focus on Arsenal. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Here, James Bench, I'll ask you first, how do you see this Arsenal side? How are they preparing in the lead up to this game, of course, after winning in the weekend? I feel like Mikel Arteta is really trying to rob this club of its Arsenal-ish tendencies, the the sort of post-invincible Arsenal that had this magnificent quality of shooting themselves in the foot and making everything a lot harder for themselves than it needed to be. Um, recent weeks have suggested he might have more of a, a job on than um, than we necessarily thought because it, it seemed like he'd built this team that was composed in possession that was able to really dictate the course of a game. We saw that, you know, from January through to about March. I think now it's all got a bit more chaotic. I think to an extent that's a function of losing key controlling figures, uh, Party, White, Tierney, those three. And and also find, you know, 
if you compare these two teams, Spurs got dramatically better in January by doing the traditional January thing of going out and buying players to strengthen their first team, Kulisevsky and, and Bentanko. Mikel Arteta very deliberately weakened his squad by selling Aubameyang and, and has been sort of rummaging down the back of the sofa, checking through drawers, looking at his receipts, and it turns out he's got Mohamed Elneny and Eddie Nketiah. Yeah, he found some gold of- there, James Bench. <laughs> <laughs> and out of nowhere, Mohamed Elneny has, has become this, you know, mm. a player he never has been at Arsenal before. Um, and I think that that's what's interesting about this this team right now. It's players that are playing above a level that, that we expected of, of pretty much any of them. When you run through that 11, maybe you might make a case that we all knew Erdegaard would be excellent, but I think Saka is already uh, blowing away any expectations for a 20-year-old yeah. in the, the Premier League. That, and that's, you know, they've got five players under the age of 23 with 10 goals and assists in all competitions. So this is a team that kind of things have come early. I think on occasions that means they're fearless. On occasions that means they doesn't know they don't know when they should be afraid. Um, and I thought maybe against uh, Leeds in particular, they were a little bit clumsy, a little bit chaotic, same as we'd seen against Chelsea and against, um, who was the other one, Man United. Mm. But they're getting the job done, and they only need a point, and it's it's remarkable that they're in this position considering where they were uh, a year ago at the start of last se- at the start of this season as well. Yeah, I'd like to include Gabriel Martinelli in that conversation. I'm such a fan of his, uh, the way that he plays. Uh, there's a lot going on. I mean, so so bad for for Brazil to have all, all these options. I feel so sorry for them. Uh, what do you, how do you make Arsenal here, Oli Holt? Uh, you're going to be a substitute Arsenal fan on Thursday. What what do you make of them for that for, for this game? Well, I just think they've 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 got a whole slew now of of really crowd crowd pleasing players. I mean, we've just met James and you've just mentioned them. You know, Saka Saka's one of my favourite players in the league. I love watching him play. I love everything about him. His character seems I don't know him at all. His character seems great. Very smart um, kid. He's what. He's a very smart kid. I, I remember we did we did him in the sorry I'll, I won't d- distract for too long. No, but no, he, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, on the preseason tour in 2019, back back when they were a thing, um, he he just kind of made like one of his early starts as a, as a youngster coming through the squad, and he was very kind to stop in the mix zone in Charlotte. It was 100 degrees or something. Um, tensions, were, and he just spoke with this poise. And, and Ollie will know, like although that you don't often get this from any footballer but you know he he came to us and said oh yeah you know he said what do you think of this young group of players smith Rowe, yourself and ketia those guys he said oh we're ready to take on the world 17 years old he was dropping these are grade a quotes you know ollie will know this is this is like lead quote material (laughs) you don't get that from a 17 year old and we've seen that maturity on and off the pitch ever since sorry ollie no not at all to be honest i I'm grateful for that interjection, James, because I don't I don't know him. I just everything I see of him chimes with chimes with what you've just with what you've just said. He seems very calculated, uh, modest, kind of uh, intelligent guy, and um, you know that he's got. And I I agree with you, Luis, about um, about Martinelli. I mean, I think you know he's had some indifferent. Uh, in some in different form, he's had some injuries, hasn't he? But I think I think he's got so much potential. He's got so much pace, and I think you mentioned Odegaard as well. And, and you know, he he, I love watching him play as well. You know, he's such an intelligent, such an intelligent player. So they've got you know they've got an awful lot 
an awful lot going for the Marcel. I, I I think it could be a, I think it could be um a really good game. I mean I I think the danger just purely in terms of the entertainment is what James was saying that Arsenal know what they have to do. It's probably not in their interest for it to be an open flowing game. Mm. Whether they have the character and game management skills to bottle it up, I don't know. And I think James that word that James used about some of their recent performances about there being a chaos about it. I mean, I was, I was at the game uh, against Manchester United and it was chaotic. And even though Manchester United are desperately poor at the moment, that game kind of could have gone either way. There were moments where it could have gone either way and Arsenal kind of, Arsenal actually had more flair and more desire to win it, I think. And, and it was great to watch, but it's just, it's a very hard uh, I know you're going to ask us both to do it in a minute, but it is a very hard result <laughs> in some ways, I think. Yeah, I will ask you, but don't worry, not yet. Let's uh, focus on some matchups here because uh, this game specifically is obviously, we've talked about so many players, but the individual matchups are going to be key. By the way, Tottenham are unbeaten in their last seven home league games against Arsenal. That's five wins and two draws. Their longest such run against the North London rivals since uh, a run which was back in the 60s. By the way, I mentioned that this is a second ever game on a Thursday, second ever North London Derby on a Thursday. The Tottenham are looking to win three consecutive home league matches against Arsenal for the first time since 1961. So the 60s was good for Tottenham there, but Arsenal are looking good. Let's talk about some individual matchups. We've talked about them, uh, obviously the key players, but James Benj, anything specifically that you're looking at here in this game? Um, I'm... I'm going to engage in an act of self-care and not think about Son against whichever right-back Arsenal yeah. might name. I we don't can want move that one aside. That. We know what's going to happen, whoever it. Yeah, Exactly. That's not an interesting matchup. We just know that Son will run riot. Um, I'm intrigued to see what Spurs do about Erdegaard because he will kind of, I think, especially with the, with Elmeny and Jacker behind him, he will kind of drift into these number 10 pockets. And... You know, that's maybe one area where Spurs might offer a bit of space. You you know, can you find gaps between, with Ben Tanker and the other midfielder, Hoiberg, like behind you and in front of the uh, the central defenders? That, that I think, is maybe where Arsenal can can craft something ingenious. Equally, you know, what can Sessignon do against Saka um, and Emerson Royale, who, like, you know, out of nowhere. I mean, one interesting kind of, subplot you have to these North London Tarbies is uh, Tottenham spent a lot of the summer considering buying Tommy Asu. Arsenal spent a lot of the summer and were offered Emerson Royale. They both ended up with with the opposite player. Arsenal have been delighted. Um, Spurs haven't for a while, but if Emerson Royale plays like he did at Anfield, I don't think Martinelli, Smith-Rowe or, or anyone will get yeah, much no, choice. He's so. fitting Conte's uh, style much better than I thought. And definitely as of, as of recently, but that, that that's a good one. Ollie Hall, who are you looking at from an individual matchup? Well, I'll kind of go where James dared not to. And I, I just think Son against Son against anybody. I, I, just, I think that will be one of the keys. And obviously in England, we tend to talk about Kane maybe a bit more, but I think Son is such a good player. And I, I hesitate to say he's underrated because I think he does, we do realise what a good player he is. But I think, Maybe we tend to talk about Kane a bit more. I just think that I think Arsenal really have to try that the 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 image of Son running at that Arsenal defence. I think it's something that we have that Arsenal have to try and banish. They have to try and 
stop getting caught in situations where he is running at them too much. As we keep returning to this theme of they have to try and bottle it up somehow. They can't get caught too often on the counter with Son and Kane because they're just too good. And they, they've destroyed better defences than, than Arsenal. So, I mean, I think, I think that, that whole thing will be, will be absolutely key. Well, I mean, listen, I, I'm with you. It's not so much that we don't think Human Son is a good player. He's fantastic, but he should be talked about up there with your Mohamed Salahs and stuff. Mohamed Salah, 22 goals in the Premier League season. It's Human Son right after that with 20 goals as well, and not to mention the creativity as well. He's a yeah, I mean, we never, we never, we never see. <laughs> maybe this is a failure of our imagination in the in the sort of in the British media, but we never see Son linked with. Um, Real Madrid, Madrid or, or Juventus, yeah. or you know, where in my mind he's one of the best players in the world. And, I agree. You know, again, I guess it's immensely to his credit. He's not a guy who's interested in rocking the boat, or you know, or well, or, he just joined Twitter, Oli Holt. So maybe he's going to be inviting, uh, and he's to, got his own hashtag nowadays. So to sell <laughs> NFTs, all right. Yeah. Sadly, if anyone joins Twitter now, it is to sell NFTs. Yes. Uh, well, God, that Michael Arnquart. Anyway, that's for another conversation. All right. Well, listen, uh, fantastic stuff. Let's finish up by predictions. Yes, we've come to that point. Let's talk first about the predictions for this game. Do I dare, Ollie Holt, begin with you? What do you think will happen on Thursday? And hopefully your mate, will not be listening if you choose the other way around. What do you think? Well, I'm going to be uh, dull, actually, and and go for a draw. I just, I just, I do think that, I mean, as the table suggests, they're quite evenly matched sides. Um, you know, perversely, I think if it were, if it were at Arsenal, um, uh, if it were at the Emirates, I might actually go with Spurs. But I think being the away team... Being the team that has the advantage and doesn't need to chase the game might suit Arsenal, um, and I, I, I can just see it being, I can see it being even, which would be tantamount to a win for Arsenal if they would be very happy with the draw. I suspect. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with Ollie. I mean, obviously, Luis, you've mentioned both teams are, are very good at home in this fixture, um, but you know, Arsenal do have some pedigree. At this this particular part of London uh, wouldn't be their greatest achievement securing top four there. So, you know, I'm going to briefly cheat and don my, you know, my supporters hat and say, why not 2-2 uh, at White Hart Lane and just uh, enjoy some warm memories of years <laughs> gone by. <laughs> I'm also going for a draw, I think, which to Ollie's point uh, is a win really for Arsenal if that, if that were to happen. But let's focus on the next part of these predictions because they're the key things as well. Two games will remain after that. So Arsenal will have Newcastle away and then at home to Everton. And Tottenham will be at home to Burnley and Norwich away. So let's play a little prediction game. What do you think? Let's begin with Tottenham for a second, James Bench. Tottenham have Burnley and Norwich. Norwich is the away game. What do you see in those final two fixtures? I mean, the Norwich one, I think, we're all going to say that's a pretty comfortable win now. They're down. Yeah, three Burnley, points. Burnley is a, is a fiddly one. They are playing good football. A lot will be on the line. I think Spurs might draw that game. 
Okay, so might. if Tottenham so draw four points, let's say so they'd Tottenham... have to win both, wouldn't they, if they draw right. the, the derby? Right, because if Tottenham draw against Arsenal, okay, that gives them sixty-three points. Still three, you know, still away from Arsenal. They'll they'll draw against Burnley, okay, that's not enough, and then they'll win. So it all depends on the uh, Arsenal side. But before we get to that, Ollie, what do you think of the Tottenham games? The last two remaining matches, Burnley at home, Norwich away. I think they might win both of them, um, just because I I wonder I wonder if Burnley's little mini revival has has burst if that mm. if that mm. balloons burst a little bit with with their recent defeat and um, to who was that Ollie to to who did they lose to uh, Yeah, I'm trying to decent team, half decent team, but um, all right, so team. six points in those last two matches. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so that. Yeah. So with the draw of the North London Derby, 63 plus six. Okay, so that gives him 69 points. Arsenal. All right, well, let's move to Arsenal then. And then Arsenal, James Bench, have Newcastle away and at home to Everton. What do you see? Well, I mean, Newcastle uh, have improved a huge amount, but not quite against the big six. I think they've only taken one point under Howe. And yeah. that was against Man United, who are... We have to refer to them as part of the big six, even if their top six status is very much up for debate. Yeah, big I, I think Arsenal will draw that one. Mm-hmm. This is where I, I love this stage of the season because you end up having to do all this sort of, you can't look at the Everton against Everton on the final day of the season without thinking, well, what results have I thought Burnley are going to get? And what do I think Leeds are going to get? Yeah. Do Ever, Everton going to have to win? And I think Everton might be safe by the final day. Um, I'm going to see them against Watford tomorrow. I think they'll win that an an inch clear. And therefore, I think Arsenal will beat Everton on the final day. Okay, so... Yeah. So So I've got a draw against Newcastle and a win on the final day. Okay, so that's four points. That's 70, but with a draw with the North London, that's 71. So they should be okay for that top four spot. Ali, what do you make of Arsenal away at Newcastle at home to Everton? Well, I agree with a lot of James's um, logic. Sorry, we're agreeing far too much for one of these. No, it's fine. Shouting at each other. But I I agree with a lot of the logic about Arsenal. I I think Newcastle are, even though they haven't had much joy against the so-called top six, I think they are a hugely different proposition now than they were before Christmas. They're also a hugely different proposition at home, I think, um, than they are away. And I think that'll be a really difficult game. Um, for Arsenal, um, presumably it's um, not across Newcastle's fixtures, but presume it, it's their last home game. They'll want to be, you know, there'll be a great atmosphere there. The the, the uh, atmosphere at the ground, I'm told, is absolutely transformed and is one of the best in the league now. So, you know, that's going to be a hostile environment for Arsenal to go into. Um, and yeah, the Everton game will be difficult if there's anything on it for Everton. Um, if there isn't, then it should be three points. So I think it, I think it will be tight. I'd, I, I'd, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with with uh, James. I think a draw, a draw and a win. I can see them losing at Newcastle, mm. if you know, depending on on how they are, because I think it will be absolutely bouncing up there. Yeah, but Newcastle. Can I, can I throw a spanner away? Go ahead, James Bench. Go ahead. Um, I mean, obviously, we're speaking just before Chelsea play Leeds. Yeah, Chelsea are falling apart at the moment. You know, you kind of see this in what, what Thomas Tuchel's saying. They're only a point ahead. I would think they would have enough to stay ahead of Spurs. 
Um, so what, five points ahead of Spurs. But I think they could certainly slip back and find themselves having to look over their shoulders. They also got a pretty... I mean, we said they had a pretty favourable run-in when they're playing Wolves, who by all accounts were sort of playing in flip-flops for 75 minutes. Um so, and you don't know yeah. how much uh, an FA Cup final will take away from them because obviously they got that Indeed. going on as well. Uh, Saturday, May 14th, 11.45 a.m. Eastern, where they play Liverpool. So, And then after that, it's Leicester City, which is never an easy game, despite of the fact that they haven't done that well against Brendan Rodgers in comparison to the previous. So, yeah, so Chelsea very much in contention here. This is So the top four race and the relegation battle, I mean, Chelsea leads is a massive game and it could dictate a lot of what happens for the rest of the season. Fantastic stuff. The end of the Premier League is nigh. We've got also a weekend preview to look ahead to, but this was the North London Derby preview. And James Benj, final thoughts before we say goodbye. I don't want to think anymore about this game. <laughs> it makes me feel sick. <laughs> Could be about anything else. Yeah, let's just talk about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie Hald, any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Well, I think a fascinating game, really hard to call, a draw, and I'm going to just concentrate on my personal safety. Uh, <laughs> night, I think so. Yeah, I'm going to. I love it. I love it. Well, that was Oliver Hold, the Mail on Sunday Chief Sports Writer. Make sure to follow him as well, Ollie Holt as well on Twitter. James Benge, our very own James Benge from CBS Sports. This has been the North. London Darby preview. Ollie Hall, thank you so much for being here, my friend. It's a pleasure, Luis. Thanks very much for asking me. I really enjoyed it. Of course. James Benj, obviously it's a pleasure to see you, Benjamin. Thank you. Nice to be back. Thanks for having me. I love it. North London Derby on Thursday. Much more action to come. Kego Lasso pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kego Lasso. We got plenty more, including Coppa Italia preview in case you haven't seen that one. We can preview to come and much more to discuss. Have a fantastic rest of your week and we will see you next time till then It's a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo. And they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.